All right, let's just let's just uh, let's just dive in then. So while we have the the good shit going, you know. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Three MFAers. Uh, I am Caleb John Cushing. I'm an actor, writer, and filmmaker. I'm Joshua Stir, director, actor, mover, etc. Etc. <laughs> I'm Brandon McPherson. I'm an actor, and that's all. That's it. That's all. It's the only uh, thing you do. do. You don't do anything else. <laughs> that's it. No, no, that's it. Come on, nope, don't be nope. don't be self-deprecating. Nope. You do lots of other I'm stuff. I'm really good. I'm really good at reading comic books. Um, and and then I'm also really good at certain video games, mostly NHL. But that's it. So those are the three things that I do. That's it. Great. I'm so nice. glad we were able to hear what type of video game you're good at. <laughs> I was wondering. Video well, game master. <laughs> yeah, Josh is the video game extraordinaire. But you know, sometimes yeah. we also play. <laughs> <laughs> I play games. I've gotten really into solitaire, dude. I'm so Actually, bad at solitaire. I had never played before last week. <laughs> I didn't like just like to learn. Crazy. I know, and now I've just been playing all the time. <laughs> These are the things that we can do now that we're quarantined. <laughs> That's like the number though. one quarantine game. Um, I'm frustrated because it's not a game that you can like get better at. Like it's like there's like the luck, <laughs> there's like the luck element, so I've just been getting yeah. really frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Um, which sounds like stupid. It's like the oldest card game ever, but I'm like just getting into it, and I get really mad when I can't get all the aces out. <laughs> I love to be there watching you just freak out. Record the next time I do it, and you'll <laughs> you'll get a taste. <laughs> Uh, how you guys doing? You guys doing okay? Doing all right. Um, it's been a, it's t- this week was interesting because uh, I'm sure everybody out there has been dealing with it. You know, it's the the first rent due date of the cor- uh, coronavirus saga, so that was kind of rough. And it's I take it day by day. You know, I do what I can. Yeah. We just finished my Harry Potter marathon last night, so uh, mm. to us. Um, I also binge watched Tiger King for seven okay. hours. <laughs> Have we all seen Tiger King? <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, what it. the? F- <laughs> <laughs> I by the by the sixth or seventh episode, my brain was like, I can't. But then I just died laughing every time a music video would pop up. Like it, it inspires me to want to make a music video. A country. Okay, wait, Josh, do you know that he's not singing in any of those? He, he bought those and then just kind of recorded his voice over a tiny bit. Yeah, I uh, I I saw an interview by Andy Cohen and uh, what's his face, his husband or whatever. Yeah, so wild. I just want to, like, Joe Exotic should not be in jail. Free my man Joe Exotic. <laughs> uh, and Carol Carol Baskins definitely killed her husband. Oh, definitely. There's no doubt about it. She's crazy. There's no doubt right? in my mind. Like, dude, I mean, the whole thing is like, here's the thing. Joe Exotic literally brings a bad name to gay people. And I just want to put that out there that it's, yeah, the guy was, not so. I'm sorry. Like carrying around a re- like a revolver and like shooting shit and things like that. It's like, you know, that's all the PETA people that I wanted to shoot in the row. You know, like it's it's like, dude, why are we? Wa- why is this number one on Netflix? You know, but I couldn't stop watching it because I wanted to know about the legality, like what actually happened, and it took eight, seven episodes for whatever reason. <laughs> you know, Just, here's here's my story. thing. Right, is like I don't think I could write something 
like that. Like it, the fact that it's real <laughs> is just so like every episode you're like, okay, that was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then you watch the next one and it gets like even more insane. I like couldn't turn away from it. It was just so like beautiful, like a train wreck. Like it was like a garbage <laughs> fire. That's how I would describe it. I just love that it exists. Absolutely I love that wild. it's real. I love that Netflix was like, yeah, here, <laughs> like you guys get to like, <laughs> they like waited. I feel like this, they've been like sitting on this and they're like, we need to make sure the most amount of people are going to be able to watch it at once. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, here's the thing too. It's like with these documentary series, it's like a lot, half of it was recorded back in what, 2013? That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> it's like, how do you have this idea that you're doing this? And then you bring in like Hint at Jail in 2019, 18, 19, and then like everything like that, you know? So it's like, it's, it was kind of crazy to, to know that they've, this has been years in the making. And uh, I feel like, I feel like Disney, Disney Plus was like, all right, uh, we'll put Frozen 2 up early for the quarantine. And then like Hulu and Amazon were like, yeah, we're going to like expand like the free trial stuff. And Netflix was like, I, got, I, got, I want to tell you guys a story. Come around, come around the campfire and listen to the tale of Joe Exotic. We've been waiting to drop this nuke for a while. Right. Netflix is like, uh, and uh, Royal Flush, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to clear, take the pot. It, it really, I don't know, it's like become one of my favorite documentary things ever. Like, I, I love it so much. I, I'm so... The, the train wreck aspect of it? It's, 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 it really does like, it feels like a fake thing. Like it feels like like, this can't be real. I don't know. It feels like, it it almost feels like, um, uh, we're in the, we're in the shadows or whatever that one that, um, exactly. It feels like, yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like this is like a mockumentary or something. You know what I mean? But it's real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like a, like he ran for president, he ran for governor, like. It's yeah. kind of like this guy and this guy is like, cause I, I, there was an interview with Andy Cohen on his uh, Sirius XM channel with uh, Dylan, his, his, re- his husband or whatever. And I think, and like they said that like, he obviously loves it that this came out because now he's getting all this attention. Like he's, he lives for that attention. And like, it's it's obvious when you watch it. Like he makes these music videos of him as the Tiger King. Like I don't. <laughs> he will sabotage people. He will like it's it's nuts. Like he <laughs> burn down his own studio. Yeah, I mean it's just fucking insane. Yes. I love I love the I love it, and I and I'm glad that it's like I don't know. There's too much. I think people are afraid to kind of like look at like ugly humanity, and like you will watch like the movies, like the fiction about it. But when you're like presented with this like real portrait of like an insane group of people, How I don't know. It just it's cool that it's being embraced. Like I know it's like mostly been memed. Like I know people are kind of like taking the the piss out of it. But it just yeah. feels it feels I don't know. It feels cool that this is like what people are watching. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's very like. Cause like, I don't know what the fucking thing that everybody was talking about before was Gwyneth Paltrow's goop bullshit. So I'm glad that like something like this has kind of usurped that. Whoa, 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 whoa. What happened with her goop bullshit? Have you seen it? It's just her peddling fake science. Like it's ridiculous. It's Oh man. I, if you guys haven't checked out goop, I, I don't like recommend it. Cause I don't want like her to get like the revenue from the clicks. I don't know how Netflix, I don't know how that works. 
she's probably already gotten paid, but it's just, it's insane. It's like, you know, she's like a part of like liberal Hollywood and they all like to cry Trump for like his like fake news and like alternative facts shit. But she does the same thing. She's like, yeah, like this is like a great way to like, you know, it's, it's just bizarre and it's like predatory and it's a way to like make money selling like fake bullshit to like housewives who don't know any better. It's just really predatory and I hate it. I, you know, I haven't, I don't have an opinion on it cause I haven't really seen it, but I, you know, yeah. there's, there's some sort of like kind of the same thing with like, uh, you know what I mentioned before, I think, or if, if I don't know if it was on the last episode, but all these, you know, celebrities saying, Hey, you know, donate. And it's like, well, you're worth $150 million. Why don't you? Yeah, like, it's, it's the same level of like anger that I have towards. That like, being the said, culture. people are definitely donating a bunch of shit. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. Like, cause he, cause you know, he said that, um, Pharrell Williams said he already donated, but it's like, it's the going with their fans and being like, you guys should donate and donate to your local hospitals. I'm like, Bitch, I can't even like pay my bills, let alone you know donate. So, and I know he's not like say he's not saying Josh, you know you have to donate. Josh, you do it. <laughs> yeah, they really called Josh out specifically. <laughs> anyway, so have you guys seen the? Um, so yeah, no, we could probably do a whole thing on Tiger King. Maybe we, that should be the next one. And just like, <laughs> um, well, no, I, I just feel I just wanted to talk, just briefly be like, hey, this is great. Everybody should go watch it. You know what I mean? Like, it's something that I think is new enough that we can just be like, go watch this. Right. Maybe, yeah. I, just, I warned that it is exhausting, and at the while, your brain does feel like it's what did I just watch by like episode six or seven? And it's like, <laughs> I couldn't it's look away. On. I like, binged it all when, immediately. <laughs> when the Kevin was on his jet ski in that like jet ski montage kind of video of him, like I was like, you know, babe, Ryan, we have to like, I have to get a video of myself riding a jet ski with sunglasses. I have to. Like, I'm inspired. You know. <laughs> Uh, dude, when when that woman got her arm ripped off, and like the first thing Joe Exotic did was put on that EMS bomber, like, fashion comes first. Fashion comes first. The drip does not wait. I also <laughs> like, I like that. I like that. Like, science, like people who work with animals are like, oh yeah, no, tigers love like perfumes, but they don't like bite you for it. They like they drool over it. And then the whole when he's like making that video and the tiger he won't like the tiger won't like let up on his shoes and then he ends up like getting drugged. I'm like, bitch, this is like this is the moment that he's just gonna get ripped apart because <laughs> the whole time they're going, I don't care how long these cats have been with you, like they're fucking tigers. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're wild tigers. And they're wild fucking animals. The, they're, they're like he's like and then he starts shooting at them. I'm like, oh yeah, that's gonna save you that from four tigers. Like it's crazy. It's, you know? it's nuts. I'm I'm glad that it exists. Everybody go watch it. Um, I don't know. There's been a ton of there's been a ton of cool shit. Um, this I don't know. I've I've seen a ton of stuff this week, and we can talk about uh lots of different things. But um, really quick before we get into the main event, I know we're all chomping at the bit. Uh, <laughs> um, Amazon uh, and South by Southwest are partnering up. Did you guys see that thing? Yeah, you said the link. Yeah, yeah. very um, dope. That's how's so that, cool. How's that going to work? Or would you have to pay for it? Or no, oh, and that's what's that's what's cool is it's not even Amazon Prime. Like you don't even need a Prime account. Like if you have an Amazon account, you'll be able to like watch for like ten days. Um, and I they haven't said like announced the dates yet, but they're gonna like anybody who was accepted into the South by Southwest Festival for 2020, which got canceled because of coronavirus, they can opt in to have their project showcased on the website. That's amazing. Yeah, and I think that's so fucking cool. That's and I super wish dope. 
I wish, I hope, hopefully what I'm hoping is that this like starts a trend that goes further than the coronavirus. Cause like film festivals are kind of like elitist and like they're difficult to like, <laughs> you know, they're not very accessible for lots of people. And there should yeah. be like an, there should be like an online mean? aspect. What do you mean? mean what do I mean? literally supposed to be going to Cannes next month out of accessibility. Yeah. Well, first of all, first of all, we're going to Cannes, not Cannes. Don't tell me what. Don't, you don't tell me how to talk. You're the Canadian. You should be the one fucking correcting my French. Yes, Cannes. I was in the states uh, too long. All right, Cannes. But that's actually kind of a great example of what I'm talking about. Is because the so Brandon and I got accepted through the three days in Cannes program, which like if you're under a certain age and you have to write like a fucking letter, like explaining why you love movies and shit, which is like fine. But like that's like you know not necessarily that's like still a little restrictive. Like no, right. nobody can yeah, just nobody can just buy a fucking ticket to like go. You know what I mean? Like it it costs but like money. Can... It costs money to get on an airplane and to get a hotel and to take time off of work. To like to go to like Sundance or like Toronto. Like if you don't live there, well, like, okay. But for you, for me, I can just buy tickets to Tiff and go. Like in Toronto for Tiff, like they do just sell tickets. Like I've been think about all the movies. fucking people that aren't that I'm talking about everybody like I it should be like a thing that everybody can like tune into or like at least partially you know what I mean like maybe just like I don't know I just I just feel like this is a good opportunity and a good precedent to set so that like it can you can reach more people because look if you look on any year look at any year about all the films that premiere at like Sundance for example and then like the top yeah. five or like five will get bought up and like get distribution but then there's all these fucking films that you never see hear about again or go anywhere and it's like oh you can like why not just like showcase them on like something like Amazon or like Netflix you know right. what I mean I'm I'm surprised that Amazon or Netflix doesn't have a deal with these festivals to pick up everything that doesn't get uh, bought out. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, yeah, like I'm just what I'm saying. They don't, yeah, end up putting like a a group on Netflix or on Amazon after that's like, hey, this section right here is 2020 films from Sundance that didn't get bought out. You know, or you or you think that like IFC would have something like that in place? You know, yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. I mean I agree I agree with Caleb in terms of like think of when the award seasons come out and think of like all the people like if everybody's seen everything, you never know if there's going to be some sort of like sleeper, right? Like, you know, at these, mm. I'm, I'm assuming that at these festivals, you have a panel of judges that vote on what best, whatever. But like, if you can get millions of people to tune in, just I mean, even if it's for like a seven day thing or like a five day thing where they're just, that's how long they're available after the festival's over to like, you know, the buzz that you can get off a movie that maybe the critics didn't like, but like, the vast majority of them, you know, a, a group loves, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and that can yeah. get you, you know, some, you know, so I think that's a good idea. And I hope that I'll, you know, Ryan and I will definitely tune in to the South by Southwest, uh, Amazon thing. And we can, yeah, I can't wait for hour. Maybe we can like talk, like do an episode right after and just talk about it, you know? Oh, definitely. I'll be down to what do is that. It? They haven't announced the date yet, but they're thinking late April. Oh, nice. Oh, that'd be really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like dope. probably probably May, but yeah. Real quick, though, uh, before we get into the main event. Um, <laughs> no, I said the one new Wonder Woman uh, poster came out. Looks badass. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's in her gold, right her gold, uh, gold eagle armor. I'm Wait, a huge are, fan. People are speculating that, you know, are they going to tie in some Kingdom Come stuff or what? I don't know. I hope so. First of all, I hope so, because that would be sick. 
and I like her outfit. I like the music choices in it. It's uh, it's very Purple Rain, but in a good way. <laughs> very Purple Rain. Um, very Purple Rain. Oh, purple wait. Rain might in fact be in it. <laughs> Wonder, yeah, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. This movie came out in eighty four, so I think that's a great segue. Yeah. My God, we're in the fucking Twilight Zone. <laughs> in Black Mirror, guys. Oh. What, but that's uh, Wonder Woman got pushed to August or September, right? August fourteenth. Mm. No, I mean I, this one looks way better than the last one, in my opinion. Yeah, the last more, one was ridiculous. More... <laughs> the last one was solid for a. It was solid solo woman film. Okay, independent. It was yeah, done by Warner in, Brothers. In, 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 no, not independent. Meaning like solo. I meant. I meant to say solo. I'm sorry. Every every studio that's not Disney is an independent studio now. It was a fine. Caleb. What? We can go on for hours and hours and hours, but let's do this. Purple so, rain. It was purple my turn. It was sorry. my turn to suggest the movie, and I decided to uh, have us all watch a 1984 romance drama musical film purple rain starring prince and the revolution uh purple rain follows the kid played by prince a struggling club musician in the uh burgeoning minneapolis like uh, music scene uh he falls in love with uh a white woman named apollonia 10 minutes after meeting her uh he goes on an odyssey an epic quest of self-discovery and and passion and learning to appreciate other people in his life, uh, despite his difficult upbringing and alienation from his parents. Uh, Josh and Brandon, what did you think about this this tale? Well, hold on, because <laughs> I didn't I didn't see any of that happen. I didn't see one of those things happen. What are you I talking saw, about? <laughs> I saw Prince playing some character, some some little asshole who runs around hitting women and being a dick to everybody, and was then it he ends with him singing more. That's all I saw. That's all I saw happen. So Brandon didn't like it. I'm <laughs> gathering. Brandon didn't like it. Uh, I have I have questions. I have so okay. many questions. We'll get to um, those. But first, Josh, what did you think? I it wasn't my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you have to say. Well, I mean, I have a lot. I mean, a lot to say. Like, I do, and you know, I love, you know, like I, I love these like movie musicals or whatever. These like, uh, you know, same categories like burlesque or some, you know, some shit like that. But like this one, for whatever reason, was like a little too eighties for me, and I wasn't sure how like this is to be considered one of like the best musical, you know, movies, you know, up there. So like, I don't, I don't understand that, like. It was a fun, funny joke. It's like Purple Rain, the subtle art of abusing women. Like, it's like, it's a, there's like a weird kind of like trend to it. And it's like, I don't really know his music. I, I know Doves Don't Cry and Purple Rain, obviously, but I'm just it's not. When Doves Cry, a, first of all. When Doves Cry, whatever. Doves, you know. It's not whatever. <laughs> it's in the movie okay. we just watched. <laughs> when Doves Don't, or When Doves Cry. Great. Um, just the sound, When Doves Cry. Which I don't know what sound that makes. Ryan made the sound, but I'm not going to bring him on here to do it for you. Um, it, sounds like, it sounds like you guys just need to get purified in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Maybe. I'll, okay. I'll just go in my underwear and jump into a <laughs> random right. river. So, 
Fair enough. Let's jump to that scene where Prince is just a massive bully and dickhead to this girl and just makes her jump into a lake naked and then drives away on his motorcycle because apparently that's what was cool. Uh, did he? So, did he so, really? Listen, no. Here, hold on. I think. I think. So, getting the elephant out of the room, like I, in a in in like a serious way, like it was like made in 1984. Like it is very dated. Like things well, that were seen as like funny or like played for laughs or like might were tr- like that scene that we were just talking about was supposed to be like yeah. kind of like oh they're like having they're messing around. It's like cute and charming. Like obviously, it feels very different. Like almost forty years later, of course. Yeah. It's, it, that's the thing. It's like was that was any of that? And obviously, it was. But that's what was considered cool at the time. Is I don't. That's I, no, I'm not. To me. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But like, think about like in in the very beginning, not the very beginning, but like the second scene where like Morris, like the rival, like the lead singer of the time, <laughs> is like why? Yeah. Is, who, like, who, sorry. Who was that, by the way? Do we like who? Who was that guy? So everybody was like played themselves. Like um, every everybody except for the love interest, Apollonia. She was an actress, and then uh, Prince's parents were played by real actors, and then everybody else was like fictionalized versions of of themselves, or like playing characters. Okay. Like the movie was like based off of loosely based off of Prince's life, like the story, and like Morris Day. <laughs> Morris Day. No, it was. That's what they said. Wait, Morris Day was the lead singer of the time, which was a real band. Uh, and and got the, it. Okay. The rev- the revolution was actually Prince's band. Like those were the real members yeah. of Prince's no, band. Right. Totally. And I got and so that. that's why everybody was. That's why everybody was a shitty fucking actor. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> because so none of bad. them were actors. I was actually disappointed. I I love Prince. I think Prince is like one of the best musicians. He's like one of the most iconic American musicians. Obviously, everybody thinks that. Everybody knows. But I was expecting I no him to be a better. I was expecting him to be a better actor. I, I, he's a, he's very charismatic, but he there were some deliveries. There were some line deliveries. It was that bad. Was so funny. It was bad. <laughs> I would argue that Morris Day was the best actor in the movie. Honestly, that's why I was asking because yeah, I he thought was, he was he the was best playing out of it, all of them. He was playing yeah. it a little campy. He and was I think like that the movie character. like I, I wrote yeah. that down. I was like, the guy is like a, a walking SNL character. Like I I can't take him seriously ever with his laugh. Yeah, like, the way he walks, you know. I really hated that scene when they were doing that, like, who's on first bit? We're like, what's oh, the password? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, did you guys actually write this and thought this was going to work? Like, what the hell? Yeah. So the story, before we get into, like, the movie, I guess the backs, the rest of the backing story is uh, Prince had just come out with his fourth or album or fifth album, maybe. Okay. I think it was his fourth. And the producers of this movie were Prince's, like, team like his managers and they wanted the to like, director the director to, became uh, his manager after the movie yeah well they wanted to showcase like prince's talents and abilities so they wrote this like this like framework loosely using his life experiences uh mm-hmm. to like to showcase a bunch of songs and i thought like the songs for the most part i enjoyed the music like this the scenes of him performing and like the, yeah. the scenes of him like playing in the club i thought were all like mostly well done like i i think the last like 20 minutes are like kind of really fun and like really great and like lots I mean, of like, down, like hands down like he's an entertainer like that's i'm not like mm. I, of course i know the two songs or whatever and i'm sure i recognize a lot of the other ones but in terms of for someone who that's just not my genre of music that i listen to i could watch him sing and know that like using personal life experiences for his songs and like you know the nikki song the i want you or things like that it's like those performances were just fun to watch because he's an entertainer like you yeah. know gender fluid like he was a like he's an entertainer you know what i mean and that's what was Dude, shocking the- to me is like 
for somebody who did so much for like fluidity and like gender expression and like changing the ideas of like masculinity, like there's like a lot of like misogyny in this movie. It's kind of fucking yeah. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it, you, I expected him exactly like you're saying. I expected him to be this very charismatic, like nice lead character. And instead he's just running around like an asshole the entire movie. Like who thought that that was a good idea? Brandon, well, I think you're, mis- you're, you're confusing uh, big asshole with sexy, suave, smooth, and... Um, <laughs> moldering look when he's on stage i get it i see it i understand what that nikki song was my favorite part of the movie by a wide margin uh i thought that was i thought that was great he was like super into it but like i'm saying how can you emote that much during a song and then you have to deliver a line and you're not even close like it doesn't make any sense i mean i think it was his first movie he was he was 26 when they made that wow Which is fucking crazy, wow, you know. He had already been releasing music for a long time. Um, he was he he didn't he he wasn't like the superstar that kind of he became yet, obviously. But he had hits. He was like a known person. Uh, mm-hmm. And well, I didn't realize that the because <clears throat> when I was looking for you know Purple Rain and When Doves Cry, um, I didn't realize <laughs> that the Purple Rain soundtrack for the movie is like an album in itself. You know, he, oh, of course. I mean, they, they sold it as an album. As an album, yeah. So oh, shit, like a mile style. It was an, yeah, it was a visual album, just like Lemonade. Okay. <laughs> All right, gosh. <laughs> and that is something that, like, I did appreciate about the movie is I we're in this like in this trend now where it kind of got started with like uh, NWA. And then you have like the Queen movie and the John yeah. movie. Like, mm-hmm. I prefer what Purple Rain is doing much more to like the style of like musician biopic we're in now. Like I appreciate like the narrative, like rather than it's like, here's like the kid growing up. Like I, I like it the way that I, I think like better writers could have like made this work like really well. You know what I mean? Well, I, the, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, look, we saw it work really well with like a mile is kind of the best example of that. The problem is you need your musical artist to also be a good actor. Right, like with the ones Prince, that you. I think that Prince would become a better actor. Like his his movies. I just after mean this. you also you need somebody who's done enough in their time and still be young enough to play themselves. That that's the thing, right? Like all the other movies you were talking about, it's you know like the um, the NWA movie. It's literally Ice Cube's son playing him. You know, I know. So I see like, what you're saying. Well, it's tough because yeah. this was literally an advertisement. You know what I mean? This movie was an ad. Right. Right. So. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think but it I was. Don't I, I don't think it was made for to be like this like thing. I think yeah. I think I think the reason it got so much accolades and stuff like that for what it was was because it was kind of like a, like you said, in advertising. It was a publicity yeah. thing for this music, you know. And um, I want to get before we like go write it like because I'm sure we can just pick it apart and fun. But I wanted to go back to like kind of pseudo like The Godfather real quick and then this movie because. What I enjoyed about some of those shots, though, that weren't in the club was that these movies back in the day were, like, actually shot on location without, like, a studio, without, like, and you can just, it just, for me, it feels better. You know what I mean? Like, that that scene by the river or the lake or whatever body of water they were at, it was, like, these movies are simple shots of, okay, now ride the motorcycle from here to here. Okay, cool. We'll read, you know, and it's, like, very simple 
and it's very and you don't have sometimes you don't have scores like for godfather there was not a lot of like scoring underneath the scenes it was just these people in the room and the acting and kind of like here when the when the music wasn't like um whatchamacallit example like kind of like mimicking his mood or his attitude like the slap scene right when he first hits her it's like this oh like god music, and then all of a sudden the music cuts out and then he like hits her and it's like different kind of music but you know but for the for those the, for the most part i love the outdoor scenes because it was like they were actually at the places you can tell it's a real place you know yeah. what i mean so that's why yeah, i just like, want to say that real quick yeah well and, and even on there, especially the Especially with that lake scene, there's something about the natural lighting that really like drives that across, especially in the 80s. Um, yeah. You know, now they're obviously really good at setting things up outside, so the lighting's perfect for everybody. But like, you could see that that's just the lighting that there was those days. You know? Yeah, I mean, they shot in actually. They actually shot in Minneapolis uh, for most of it. There were yeah. some shots in LA, but the vast majority of it was actually shot in uh, in Minnesota, which is cool. Um, because you know that's where Prince grew up, you know. So it adds that like kind of like I I, I agree with you, Josh. I think like it is cool that like yeah. um, it feels real and it feels authentic, but um, it's still really not good. <laughs> like the story, you know. Well, no, I it's know. So, I know. It's the like, writing is so bad, and I and I and I know yeah. that you guys like probably agree. It's so bad. I feel the same way. But here's yeah. my part. My journey was like I thought that I thought the beginning was great. Like I thought the opening was awesome like the when like he's playing his song at the club and like it's just like this fun like it's like 80s and it's like yeah. cheesy and campy you know what I mean but it's like really fun and like exciting and I was like prepared to enjoy it a lot more than I ended up enjoying it and like you kind of <laughs> you kind of have like Apollonia's character like she's like you know she doesn't have money for her cab and she like runs into the club and she's like you know like she's sneaking around she's like doing what she has to do it's like okay like she's like a fun like you know, I, she, but that was the only, I guess, like character moment she had and the rest of the movie, she's just a love interest. But um, when, it, when I started rolling my eyes was like that scene when Morris Day and his like fucking goofball buddy are like walking down the street and it's just, an ex, it's, it's just an exposition dump. It's just like, here's the plot of the movie. Here's the setup. And like, it's just yeah. so <laughs> bad. The, it, the other guy, the club owner, that's clearly just the best take they got because he keeps yeah. stumbling on his lines in that scene. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, rewound, yeah, yeah. I rewound it like three times because I was like, oh, oh my God, this oh, is amazing. Oh, the guy in the jumpsuit, not Jerome, the guy in the, not the bodyguard, the guy in the uh, jumpsuit. You're right. It's, it's they, the, the club uh, owner. It's the club owner. Club and then, owner. Okay, yeah. so can the guy not like, my biggest thing is like smoking cigarettes. Like in the 80s when you like, everybody seems to smoke and you don't smoke, you could totally tell, <laughs> and we do this at school, right, with the props <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> like take a fucking breath like when you smoke you inhale after you take a drag (laughs) wait a second you breathe out like i smoked cigarettes for a year and i could i could fake smoking a cigarette better than this guy could like it was the worst prop handling ever like and even with like the cigar what's wrong with the cigar it's like you're not even smoking (laughs) using it to portray this character the status of this wannabe gangster you know super pop star or whatever you know what i mean like i just oh it was so awful I'm sorry. No, I agree. I agree. Like, I'm so glad that you brought up that walk and talk, Caleb, because that was like a distinct moment in my mind that I was like, oh my God. How many times did you guys try this before they were like, <laughs> okay, that's enough. We're moving on. I wouldn't say they tried it at all. I feel like they were like, all right, here's the <laughs> rehearsal. And then the director was like, that's good. We got to move on. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, no. I wasn't acting. <laughs> no, no, you guys nailed it. We're moving on. 
You think that's kind of scary? But you're going to start asking directors, like, like, oh, no, we got it. And you're like, because it's like insecurity as an actor, right? So when you're on set and you take it, you do a take. And I mean, my experience anyway, and they're like, oh, yeah, we got it. It was good. And you were like, well, are you sure it was good? Can I, like, or are you just saying that? Oh, not me. I'm like, all right, great. I know we (laughs) nailed it. I think my another early moment was this time it is uh, Morris Day and, and Jerome when they're walking and like, I guess like his girlfriend shows up or like one of the girls he dates and they just like throw her in a dumpster and it's like played for laughs. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Like, what the hell? I knew that was the moment that I was like, oh fuck, like I fucked up. Like this movie's like not good. <laughs> 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 like, you know, because um, oh, I don't know, it, it does, Josh, it does have this reputation and and it's, and it's gone on. I mean, like if you look at like the ratings and shit, it got kind of panned when it came out, but it's gone on to have like a cult status yeah. and I can see why I can totally see why yeah. it's, it is unintentionally very funny, unintentionally very funny. Um, I found myself laughing right. a lot at like, at like in like disbelief. Like I couldn't believe, like you, you mentioned when he slaps her, like it is such an abrupt, like there, it's like this very like sweet thing. There's like music in the background. And then she, all of a sudden yeah. is like, I'm going to join Morris's group. And the music cuts out and he just like slaps her. It's ridiculous. I couldn't believe yeah, what was, I was watching. We found it very hard not to start like doing voiceovers and commentating like the thought process of the, the characters. Cause it's very funny to be like, oh, now I'm contemplating. Now I'm, oh, as I look over here, I'm going to walk over this way. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's very hard not to start kind of, like, making fun of it in a sense. But I, I tried very hard. And I think I was successful for the most part to just actually sit down and seriously just watch it. Um, but some towards the end, I was like, okay, I'm this is, yeah, this is hard. Like, the, all the pacing when he's angry. Like, oh, I'm just going to run to my dressing room and pace and then sit down for a little bit and then pace if I can't sit anymore and then sit down. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> then all of, a, all of a sudden, Jerome's there in the doorway with a cigar. Like, I'm like, where the fuck did this guy come from? You know? Okay, wait. What about the moment where Jerome goes, it's the very end and his dad has already, like, committed suicide and Jerome walks oh, by man. and just goes, oh, How's your family doing? And they all start laughing like this is the funniest thing in the world. That is the worst written moment in maybe then, movie but then, history. But then, like, they follow, like, yep. they all walk away, and then Mar- yep. they, like, he, like, hangs back, and he's like, what have what? I done? Like, he has this, like, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, leaning against the wall, doing a whole I'm sad moment. And you're like, wait, are you going to go talk to him now? Oh, no, you're not. Okay, that's just the end of that then. Great. Just really quickly, speaking of that moment that you brought up when uh, Prince's dad shoots himself, I uh, yeah <laughs> I screamed I couldn't I w- it was just so like melodramatic and came out of fucking nowhere I couldn't nowhere. believe that I was watching what I was watching like because that moment I actually thought the moment before or not maybe the moment before but like when obviously like his dad's a piece of shit and beats his mom and and like we're inferring we're meant to infer I think from the movie that like that's kind of why he had like Prince has like Prince's character has these like views on women and love like just like what he's like watching with his parents like at his trouble at home like he can't really connect with people and like the journey of the movie is him learning how to connect with people. Um, yeah, see, I didn't get that. Hey guys, pause real quick. Um, sorry, just so you know, I just got a thing that Bill Withers uh just passed away at eighty one. Shit. Uh, singer of Lean on Me and Ain't No Sunshine, lovely day. So fuck. Oh. Was it Corona? 
I, I mean, I'm not going to read the article now, but I don't think so. I think it's old age. But, this is heart complications. I mean, he was 81, so like that, yeah. you know. I just, I just wanted to point a shout out that as we're talking about prolific singers, you know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's crazy. That's interesting. Uh, life works in mysterious wow. ways. Yeah, but like. Uh, I, but anyway, <laughs> Purple Rain. <laughs> I put, um, I put a note about like, isn't it amazing? Like the broken household kind of like arc for a lot of these artists or whatever, like, because they, because. With music, this is why I think the singing was so entertaining and so fun to watch versus like everything else was just kind of like, it was okay, go back on stage and sing. Was that I think Prince, I mean, he's not an actor, he's a singer, but like with a lot of singers, that's how they express, that's how they can actually get their feelings out. So when he was like singing to her when she was on the date with uh, Maurice or whatever. Yeah, the Nicki song. You know, the Nicki, well, not just Nicki song, but those songs before that where maybe she wasn't with, no, no, no. It wasn't the Nikki song. It was when she was just there listening to him. And he was like, okay. I want to do whatever. I think she was at the bar or something like that. But, you know, he's a different animal up on stage because he, that's just how he channels all of his, you know, emotions. And I think it's great. You know what I mean? Like, I wish, you know, if, if I sing something, you know, that, that I can channel that, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I do have to, I do have to disagree with you, Brandon. I, I found like this, the song, like the scenes where he's singing and performing to be really great. Like I think Prince is an amazing singer and performer. I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like he was bad at all. Well, I don't think, I don't think Brandon was saying he was bad. In he said, Brandon, didn't you just say that you actually, you enjoyed the songs, right? He didn't yeah, think he was a good singer. Here's what, no, no, here's what I, okay. Here's what I said to Caleb before the podcast started. This <laughs> is what he's referring to. Um, I saw the Nikki song and all of that in the end part. That was my favorite. I went in only knowing, like you, Josh, like two or three of Prince's songs. The bunch of other songs that he sings at like throughout the movie before the end, the songs that aren't supposed to be like his hits, a lot of them I thought were dog shit. I was oh, like, and what that's, that's what I'm saying. There? I just dis- I disagree. I liked I like yeah, I mean, which like, is totally fair. I like obviously like not. I'm not saying they were all like mass like ten out of tens, <laughs> but he, he's just such a performer that I found them engaging. Like even if I thought the songwriting was, wasn't that good, well, but that's the thing. There was ones that I really enjoyed, and then ones that I was like, I don't understand what the hell is going on right now. Which like, ones? The, like the I'm big just totally hits, curious. There's I I can't remember now, man. But like the <laughs> obviously like the the big songs like when he makes the changes to like when doves cry and all that. I'm like, oh, that was beautiful, and like purple rain, and you know, but. There's the songs at the beginning that, like, also what I thought was really weird is you're writing songs for this uh, movie, hmm. and then the plot of the movie is that these songs are shit and nobody likes them. Right, yeah, that was a little silly. Like how, yeah, right? all, of sudden, all of a sudden, purple <laughs> rain comes on. Okay, can I get into like this whole like climax moment of the movie? Or do you want to? If you want to yeah. talk about that for sure, I just, I just, I never got to finish my thought earlier. I, I oh, just yeah, want to finish yeah. that. And then we can go into what you wanted to talk about. The moment, like the last time that Prince and his dad interact before his dad shoots himself in the head, um, that he somehow survives, I guess, by the way, which is weird. <laughs> but, um, uh, classic. you know, he just, he's, his dad's a piece of shit and he like is beating his mom. And then like, he's talking to Prince and he's like crying and like playing the piano. And he's like, are you going to get married? And Prince is like, I don't know. And he's like, never get married. And like, Prince is like crying. And it's like trying to be this like really deep emotional thing. And it, and it totally informs like Prince's worldview and his character and everything. But I just feel like the tonal whiplash of like that moment and then <laughs> him just like shooting himself. It was just so bizarre <laughs> and funny. And I felt like a piece of shit for laughing, but it really, I was like cackling. 
I was like screaming. I was laughing. It was like the most yeah. ridiculous thing I'd seen. And I feel bad. Like, I don't insane. know. It's so cute. No, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. <laughs> the entire thing with the parents was yeah. so hard to take seriously. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but it was just so poorly written. Like at one point, the mom, after being hit, is like, you never let me have any fun. And I'm like, I'm, there's no way that that's supposed to be the point of this. It was just, it was wild. Just wild. And him being like, like I, I could have let you have fun if you believed in me. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, I feel like, like <laughs> what we're getting at is that the point of the movie was to showcase his music and they tried to fill it <laughs> with whatever kind of storyline and through line that they could come up with loosely based off his life <laughs> I it mean, was, it was of, wild yeah um i want to get back into the music in terms of his performance um so a lot of these movies that you see that are kind of based on these you know artists and these singers and stuff like that it's like you, you always you know that there's going to be this there's going to be this big song and this big moment coming you can always tell when it's about to happen because you know he has this moment where he can't do anything else but to but to take everything that he's experienced and put in the song, right? I Purple Rain as a song confuses me because <laughs> um, it's a ballad for sure, but it doesn't ever go anywhere. I don't think as music like and Caleb, you can you can agree disagree, and we can we can get into it. But for a song at the end of a movie that's supposed to be like a climax, like I felt like he should have at least like change it up towards the end and i know he goes into his like da, 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 you know like those like and he just like the guitar solo is kind of sick and like but i don't understand because it sounds exactly like his other stuff but everybody you know puts their hand up because they understand what he's going through i put my hand up but then ryan told me to put my hand down because oh. i didn't really know what he was talking about but then you know but then everybody even like the like the shot of the um the uh the club owner like yeah man i got you and then he goes into his other stuff that sounds exactly like all the music in the beginning of the movie and everybody's just fucking <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like so, I don't okay so I I, I was mean, expecting I'm not, more I was expecting yeah, I'm more. not trying to change your mind or anything but I'm just going to explain this is like a weird like uh, real life and art kind of like thing so I think the, the what the movie was going for is if you remember earlier in the movie um, Prince like for his Nikki song and like that set like where he's like going crazy and he's embarrassing Apollonia and then like Morris and the club owner are like, you can't bring real life on, on stage. No one wants to see that shit. And, and, yeah. and like then Prince sings like the most heartfelt song in the movie or like that what is supposed to be at least like, yeah. he's like, he's like bearing his soul and it ends up connecting with everybody. And he's kind of making the point that it's like, no, like art does have like a healing property and like people do want to oh. see earnestness on stage. So that's what, what the movie was going for. But in real life, he, in, in the movie, no, in the movie, he dedicated uh, Purple Rain to his father. But in real life, it was ba it was dedicated to Prince's ex-girlfriend, uh, Vanity, who's the singer, uh, Denise Matthews. Um, mm -hmm. So that's like, it's like personal for him in that way. And like, technically, like, he's doing like, lots of fusions of like, funk and rock and like, gospel music. And um, it's like starts with this like insane like guitar stuff i think like the song structure is like pretty unique and his vocal yeah. range spans from like a b flat two to a c sharp six like it's really impressive 
So there's like all these all these like elements that would make like an amazing song, but I just feel like the right. context of the movie like muddled it a little bit. And I agree that it does feel like, you know, it's the the movie's called Purple Rain. It's like all been building to this, like this yeah. is the song, and then like. It, it, if you like pause like the playback like any of these extras they just look like what the fuck is he talking about like it it, it looks very very strange it it was it was it was interesting i just think that like you and then also using out of all the songs that I, like obviously when doves cry it's probably one of like i think it is more like it sounds more personally obviously used it for a montage that essentially was a music video in itself within the movie um because yeah. he was pretty much acting out everything that he was singing about but i find that song more of like an ending of a movie song you know what i mean than than purple rain but i i, I get that i get you know you you label a movie you know the title of a song and it kind of has to be the you know but also i mean like uh i mean the beautiful ones was earlier in the in the movie that's like a pretty pretty mm-hmm. famous prince song but like purple rain isn't the last song like he has like two encores and those but, songs yeah. are really fun and they are kind of like make everybody, it's just like a 20 minute party at the end. And yeah. I, I like those songs the best. I thought like that whole ending section was really fun because it was like embodying what Prince was like known for, which is being a showman, like being a performer. And like yeah, the, and that, the story was over by then. Like the story was over. He was just playing, he was just Prince. <laughs> right. Yeah, see, and at, at that point I was like, okay, I get it. I understand why Prince like was so big. I understand Prince in a concert and why that would be dope to see because he's going nuts up there. He's dancing like a crazy person. He's obvi- like, I get all of that. Now, if you're going to make this movie, how does any of this happen other than that last 20 minutes? That's my point. Like, how do you think this is going to make Prince look cool? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, I think... <laughs> It's so weird. I, I wrote down also like Prince is having his Thor moment, if that makes sense. Like, you know, in like Ragnarok where like Thor gets like his full power or like Wonder Woman when she gets her full power. Yeah. Like, that last that last kind of concert twenty minutes was Prince becoming full power Prince. You know what I mean? Like owning who he is as an artist and like putting that on stage, if that makes sense at all. Uh, yeah, yeah he, straight he, up uh, he reached his final form. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 in Thor Ragnarok when she's like, "I'm the god of death. What are you the god of?" And then he like is like thunder, and then he fucking lights her up, and then he's full power. Yeah, he he went Super Saiyan for sure. Oh, um, <laughs> no, we... man. I think like uh, oh, sorry. What I was just gonna say. Um, no, keep going. Uh, he's. I don't know. He like yeah. I I totally see what you guys are saying. I mean, it it seemed like a very uh like lots of good ideas. And like, if everybody was more competent, this movie could have been cool. But I think like it is, it is dated, and and the misogyny is tough um, to swallow. Mm. Uh, I also think that like there really is no reason that Prince and Apollonia should like be in love. Like they really like meet, and then they start to like hook up. Like there's no build up to it. Like she just sees him <laughs> singing. She sees him singing, and he's sexy, and, and like he is. Like he like I don't know. I'm a little guy. I'm a midget. So Prince is always like I I I'm 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 happy that he is kind of like a sex symbol like I like a fellow midget like made right. it. I mean he wears he has to wear heels just to like have some you know. I know I noticed that there's wears, a lot of shots where he's wearing heels like I noticed that. But like he does he does walk around with the swagger you know it's, like I said before. Yeah, like, he's also cut the fuck up like he's jacked like on stage. So I was like oh shit you're jacked up. So like I understood all that. Do you guys do you guys know how tall Prince is or was I guess R.I.P. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. 
No. He no. was 5'3". What? That's what really? I'm saying. Like, he was, Shit. yeah. And that's what I'm saying. How small like, was Apollonia, then? How tall is she? Oh, he, that's why he had to wear the, the heels. She was 5'6". Damn. Yeah, and so he had to wear the fucking like stilettos <laughs> to be a solitaire, <laughs> which I don't know. I like, like we were saying earlier, he did so much uh, for like so many different groups of people. He was like, I mean, mm-hmm. like David Bowie or Freddie Mercury, you know what I mean? He was an icon. He was unique. Did you see that? Did there was a look like David Bowie looked like in the audience in the last montage? Yeah, because know? it was the eighties. Like they all had the star man makeup. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was cool. Um, but I don't know, Josh, sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> No, I'm just, it's, I'm trying to go through my notes real quick. Um, I, he walks around and he has that swagger to him, that sex, and he knows he oozes it. I don't know if that kind of leads into why his, he's being kind of a dick to women, but like, he's like, I'm Prince, you should love me. But, um, I also find the kissing was a lot of awkward. I know that's like a really nitpicky thing. Yeah. But like when you kiss a girl, like, like it, it just doesn't look <laughs> like he enjoyed it. Like, I'm like, Puck your lips, like relax, you know, like yeah. close your That's eyes. That's what I'm saying. The theme of the no, movie I, was, was the difficult to connect with people. He can't even kiss girls, right, dude? Okay, okay, but there's no art where then he, there's no point that he redeems himself. Let's just be clear: the redeeming moment <laughs> for Prince's character in this movie is his dad shooting himself in the face. Prince and, doesn't and, do anything that's and, redeeming. No, 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 no. So his dad <laughs> shoots himself in the face, and then he writes a song about it. Right. Oh, okay. So that makes him a good person then to women. I'm not After saying that I, I'm not saying dude, that he's a good person. Dude, I'm just saying cr- like, was, <laughs> uh, you know how they could have all they had to do to kind of make it somewhat redeeming in the eighties was not have him beat her again. I could not believe <laughs> it when he hits her again. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me right now? No, he but he stops himself. He stops himself. I yeah, he's but after the, throwing her to the, the ground. Yeah. Oh man. Dude, dude how, so about this, how about this? Um, how about that chalk outline of his father once? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, Josh! Great pull right there. Great Josh pull. I forgot brilliant. about that. Yeah, terrible. Like, also, like the garage or the basement, and he like visions himself like being like hanging himself, and he's like, no, and then he falls just nicely asleep on a pile of sheet music. Yeah, like, every great artist does. And then wakes up yeah. like he's like hung over to shit. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> because you know of the emotions um apparently uh you know the girls like how they're like they they had the they they wrote like the backing track to purple rain and they were like let's play mm. our song and he's like i don't care about your fucking music so <laughs> appar- apparently the relationship was like how it was in real life like apparently prince was just like a control freak and an egomaniac and like had to like learn to collaborate and like, um, <laughs> it's just fucking crazy. Like he, he really, he was like, I'm a genius. I know I'm a genius and nobody else can see it. And that's why he has this like swagger and this attitude. And like, he well, had I like, to, like that. yeah. But then like, it also manifested itself in him being like horrible to everybody in his life. Mostly women. <laughs> well, You're right. But you said, you said earlier that it was his actual bandmates, right? So like, yeah. it's also interesting too. And in having those scenes where trying to dramatically uh, dramatize actual events like him saying, no, your music shit. I'm going to play my own music. There's there, is there a level of acting there in terms of you don't have have to act. You can just be disgusted with them or like not come to rehearsal or be late because the guy's a fucking, you know, dick to the bandmates, you know, 
I don't know. That's what I'm saying is like it for for a cast of non actors. Like obviously, like the acting isn't great, but there is this like rawness to it. Like there is like a real quality to that stuff that I I don't know. I wouldn't say it like is good, but I kind of admire it. Like I don't know. I I don't. I'm taking like the misogyny out of it. Like I'm not talking about that aspect of it, but just like the fact that like everybody was real and like. It was interesting. I found it to be different from right. what I was expecting, and I appreciated the uniqueness of it. I just wish that it had been not so like awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did I? I wanted to bring up a point. Uh, I have a question about the songs too, though. Did they in the club? They obviously had all these written before. You know, there, there was actual songs, but you know, he says for the Purple Rain bit, he's like a song written by. That these two ladies, the women, um, they wrote the like the the tracks to it, but he wrote the lyrics. And were they expecting the lyrics, or was this just something they rehearsed? Like I don't, was it made up in the day? Was it improvised? Like I'm trying to figure out exactly how it all worked. I, I know it's not technically improvised; they had it all written down. It was already created. But am I making sense? I'm trying to. Um, you mean in the, like in the movie? In the movie, like. He comes out, it doesn't really seem like he's rehearsed with the band before, but he's like, because it's a surprise that he's using the song yeah. that they wrote. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he has all of these lyrics laid down on it. You know what I mean? And they can just play Do you remember it. that scene in the montage when he was like writing? Yeah, he I thought lyrics. that he took that from his dad. Am I he wrong? I thought that he found oh, well, he he took the music from his dad. I thought. I thought there was lyrics so, on that sheet. I, I'm so what, not, so what, totally wrong. Okay, but. so what, what happened was they gave the girls, Lisa and... Um, oh, what's her fucking name? Hold on, I want to get it right. Lisa and Wendy. They gave him the, the cassette that's like... It's like the slow groove, like the, the instrumental. And then yeah. Prince, used, Prince was on the piano, like composing the melody to go with that. And then he wrote the lyrics based on what his dad had left. Okay. But they never. It was they like never a true collaboration. Them. But they, no, they, no. He was like, so he was like, hey, we're gonna up, play, we're gonna play your song, and they're like, what? And then, but they did it because it's a movie. And then right. he started singing, and then everybody was like, and then like Prince was like, put your hand up if you understand what I'm saying, and then everybody was like, uh, I guess. But then they all. <laughs> like, well, dude, what what was what what was he trying to get at that we understand that or we we empathize? We know what it's like when your dad shoots himself. We know understand. You know, <laughs> What was the Purple Rain? What is Purple Rain? Josh, the real Purple Rain was the friends we made along the way. Oh. Wait, he didn't make any friends. He beat up everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, dude. Um, what, is, what was your interpretation? I didn't know what he was fucking talking about. Like, I couldn't hear the lyrics. <laughs> I just thought it was from my dad, and then it's like... You know, life's hard, guys. We gotta stick together. You know, do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you want Do you want to hear uh, Do you want to hear uh, Prince's explanation? Yes. Okay, so this is Prince's explanation. Prince explained the meaning of Purple Rain as follows: When there's blood in the sky, red and blue equals purple. Purple Rain pertains to the end of the world and being with the one you love and letting your faith slash God guide you through the Purple Rain. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Do you guys? So does that yeah. not make sense? Yeah, sure. No. Yeah. He, uh, but he was a, he was a religious man. That's what I'm confused about. Um, no, it, I get. I know. I get it. It's like it's these. 
you know, keep the ones you love close, you know, and you'll make it through. And you'll get through the tough times. Yeah. But why yeah. Does it, have to it, be doesn't, a... it doesn't matter how badly you beat your wife. Because <laughs> <laughs> it takes 20 minutes for that point to get across. No, I do. I loved, I did love the, like the, like the riffs on the riffs and then like just the vocalization, no words, you know, the ooze at the end or the Oz. I don't know what he writes them down as, but uh, I mean, his, was, his insane vocal range was crazy. Like he's such a good performer. Can yeah. I, well, sorry. No, go ahead, Brandon. I, I, that's actually, now that you said that Caleb, that as I was watching the movie, that's what I was noticing about his voice is in some of the songs he's singing in like ranges that don't make him seem that spectacular, especially at the beginning yeah. of the movie. And then later on he drops into the bigger songs where he does go into the other places. And then I was like, Oh, okay. Now I understand. But there was a couple yeah, yeah. songs where they were singing them like purposefully seemingly like right in the middle there. And I was like, well, you just sound like a normal person. That's yeah. what I was coming from with the Prince like singing. Oh, and then later totally, on, like, yeah. oh, okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Now that you, now that you explain it that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get yeah. that. I totally get that. Yeah. Well, because remember, he's a struggling musician in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. It's just the whole the, the whole thing doesn't make sense as a thing of like this was meant to promote Prince. This seems like a movie that he would have done, and his managers would have been like, "Don't do this. It's going to make you look like a woman beater." As opposed <laughs> to like his management team being like, "Yeah, yeah, this is for you." Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that, that I'm saying you're not because it's in the 80s and it was like, I'm not even joking. Like, obviously, it's horrible, but it was like different, I guess. No, no, no like, that's what I'm saying. Obviously, this was supposed to make him look cool, yeah. you know, in like a very real way, which is it's just mind blowing at this point. Now, imagine if like, I don't know, like, who's the like if Harry Styles, his managers came to him with the script today. <laughs> like, uh, what the fuck do you think would happen? It's so crazy. Um, I do. Um, I did like, especially when he comes and he sees like um apollonia or whatever in the club and he like remember isn't he like singing like a different song i don't know if it's the nikki song or if it's the i want you song or whatever but like he's singing a different song and then he sees her oh no he was she was with maurice with her like weird coddle collar yeah. on. Um, so she like, so he played so in that for, i mean there's a couple different scenes where she sees him sing but i think the one you're talking about is where he, they're playing computer blue and then he sees her and then he goes into darling Nikki, which is like, the, like basically just yeah. like calling her out for being a whore. Right. And he goes right like that. I thought that was actually a really cool transition of like <clears> using <throat> music and like a song that's already written. Well, was that improvised though? Like that's what I think in the, in the movie, my, my earlier question about written before rehearsed versus improvised on the spot, like that darling Nikki song seemed very in the moment. Like he sees her and he just starts, rifting at her and singing and doing this stuff. Do you mean do you mean like the character improvising it or like the like Prince the actor improvising it? The the character, like the kid. Okay, okay. You know, improvising Uh, the song or creating it as No, I don't think any of them were improvised. Like I think the point was that like they all they only ever played Prince's music. Like they knew all of his songs. Like just because he didn't like show up to rehearsal. But Purple Rain oh, was okay. the only so, time that he brought in like a new, it was like new shit. And they were like, I, somehow they still played it perfectly because it's a movie. But, <laughs> um, but I know what you, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't think that, I don't think we were to interpret that they were ever just like jamming, you know? Gotcha. Um, I wanted, I had a, a note too about the, the dichotomy I'm going to bring up of, you know, you said earlier about bringing in personal experiences for music and the Maurice saying, nobody wants to hear that. But then you see Maurice perform at the end 
and it's like the same song it's like the same you know club banger like easy dance moves like the bird you know it's like and it kind of reminded me of artists today who songwriters versus people who just write music to play in the clubs you know yeah. and that there, there's music and there's a time and place for music that's just to kind of be danced to and not really taken seriously and just like fun and sounds good versus songwriting where you have to take your personal life and really, you know, try and reach people. And I thought that was a really cool, that's kind of what I took out of that, like kind of going into the purple rain stuff is that um, a club hit versus something real and something that you yeah. can connect with, you know? I mean, yeah, that's why Prince is so fucking frustrated the whole time is because he's like, no, I think the people do want this shit. Um, but nobody else can see why he's special until the end when he talks about his dad kicking and killing himself. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, it's I a mean, fucking wild movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you that thing is... different, yeah. Also, what the hell is going on with her like gold foot bracelet that keeps being stolen and passed around? Did I miss something there? Like, he steals it from her, like, immediately, and then gives it back, and then, like, Maurice has it. I'm so, I was so confused. Well, it was like, she was like, hey, like, I mean, I don't, I, again, I think this plays into the misogyny a little bit, but it's like, you know, I have your bracelet, like, you're mine, and then she gives the yeah, bracelet to Maurice, and it's like, oh, she's his, and that makes me upset. I, I think it's just cheap, like, way to, like, indicate that. Because, yeah. like, she, yeah, she was not a character. Yeah. She can't pay for her cab yet she ends up buying him a guitar because she had made money because she signed to show. morris's girl group yeah and that's you know and that's why uh, she was like oh I, i'm gonna i'm doing the group and then the the record like scratch happens and he's like what it's so funny <laughs> yeah um, Bra- really uh, quick brandon don't ask questions you don't want answers to i'm just <laughs> speaking of so speaking of apollonia i think this is a good segue so the, you know the song that she sings? The sex shooter song? Yeah. yeah. So that was like a real, like, so she was like a real, that was like a real go- girl group they were trying to, like, make. And They did. They, so they made that, and they released that song, and it, like, everybody fucking hated it. And it, like, won the Razzie Award that year. I feel oh, really? So, yeah, it's so, and, and, I, and I don't think it's that bad of a song. I think it's kind of no. catchy. You know? I mean, she's, her name is Apollonia. Yeah, that's, that's her what name. I'm no, I, I know. Yeah, in real life, like and like it was like the Apollonia Six. Sex shooter shooting love in your direction. I think it's cool. I don't know why everybody <laughs> hated it so much. <laughs> <laughs> the album, their album was written and composed by Prince. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if you guys, I, you guys said that you're not necessarily big fans of his, but last late last year, um, they released an album of demos. Uh, by mm-hmm. Prince, uh, called Originals, and a bunch of these songs are on it, like the like his version of Sex Shooter, his version of Jungle Love, which is like the song that Morris and the Time sing in the beginning. Mm. Um, yeah, lots of stuff. Uh, the, his original version of No One Compares to You, uh, which is really great. But yeah, he wrote a lot of this music. I mean, it was an ad for Prince. <laughs> totally, <laughs> that's what it was. Guess, Even that glamour was shot gonna... at the end of the credits or the end of the movie. Oh my god. Boom, glamour shot. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> I'm just saying, Caleb, if I was going to make an ad for you, it wouldn't be you running around beating up women. That's all I'm saying. Because you're making it in 2020. If you were making it in 1984, <laughs> just... maybe you would. 
Because it worked. Dude, the album went 13 times platinum. Yeah, I know. I read that. Just like fucking insane. (laughs) It sold over 25 million copies. So like, you know, okay, you killed it. Made over 10 times its budget, dude. The budget was 7 million. It made 70 million. Yeah, that's really good too. Well, in the back, that's yeah, pretty in the amazing. 80s, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, that, exactly. In the eighties, that like not only is seven million, like not that's kind of it's not like huge, Nothing. not small. And then like you know to make seventy million is like pretty great for like a movie that like you know with a no name director and like starring somebody who was like kind of famous but not like a superstar yet. Like that's pretty good. And that's I guess what yeah, I'm, seriously. Like we, we've been like kind of trashing it this whole time, but like it, it clearly was a success. Like it worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, and then, but that's the know, most confusing thing. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's what's so confusing about it. You know. Let's see really quickly what other movies came out that year. <laughs> um, <laughs> that like what was it competing against? So you got uh, Gremlins, Ghostbusters, Red Dawn, Neverending Story. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Beverly Hills Cop, Karate Kid, uh, Terminator, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, okay. Footloose. Dude, so there's a lot like, of shit. There's a lot. That's a, that's a good year. Yeah. I just yeah also, a pretty good other, year. Than, other than Footloose, nobody beats up any other women other than Prince. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Wait, so it's not, not that normal back then. Didn't the that Terminator can't... like try and go get Sarah Connor? Like, that I don't doesn't know. count. That doesn't count. Sarah Connor's a badass, so she fights back. So that's like a whole <laughs> different thing. You're right. Oh, boy. Like, other than the priest in Footloose. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I don't know. I, I had mean, major issues with it. Major issues. Yeah, Brandon just wants everybody to know that he doesn't condone beating women. That, yes, very much so, actually. And also, Josh, how do you feel? I'm disappointed in Prince. <laughs> I feel like if um, no, I, yeah, don't, don't be women. <laughs> I, I just, I was, I was so blown away. It definitely took that me. That is a by heavy surprise. year, though. It took me. Yeah, no, I was actually like, as I was reading, and that's not even like Amadeus also came out that year. Uh, Paris, Texas, Police Academy. Like there was lots of shit that year. Amadeus is that old? Jesus. Ah, dude. Fuck. Um, wow, didn't realize. But yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, it, it's definitely like problematic for sure. And I, and I wish that that wasn't <sighs> such a huge ass. Because like, it'd be one thing. I feel like if there was like a one scene where he like slapped her and felt bad about it, maybe. But yeah. like, right. it, it's just such yeah, it, a constant thing. <laughs> like it keeps happening. It's it's bizarre. I fully expected after the first time it happened, and he was like abusive that then there would be an arc of him finding redemption and apologizing and trying to work through it, which obviously now is still not very, is not very cool at all. But back in the eighties, I could see how that would have been the arc that they wanted to put out there. And, and no, he just hits her again. You see, what is happening? How is that? I just made no sense. It made no yeah, sense. It was pretty, uh, pretty fucking bizarre, but um, Hey, you know, <laughs> it's, it's Prince in the eighties, you know, it was a different time. I don't know. I yeah, I totally see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say other than I liked the music, but it was very poorly written and like uh, the performances were bad. And also I was disappointed cuz I I thought like for some reason because it was from the 80s, they would have like actually like played the music live, but they didn't. And you can totally oh, tell in some yeah. scenes that they were just yeah. like 
that it was pre-recorded. And I, I think it would have added even more if it had been live. But I was like, oh, really? Like, because <laughs> there is there are moments where it, like you can absolutely tell that they're like mm-hmm. playing along to a pre-recorded track. Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to say about it? <laughs> I got. Uh... Yes, I mean, thanks for sharing. No. I, I don't have any last final thoughts. I think we kind of cleared, got to everything, you know? I, I, I think that after watching that movie, I'm a worse actor now, so thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, suggest, I'll suggest something to, like, kind of invigorate you better. Really quickly, <laughs> uh, let's go around. What would everybody rate it out of five? Five guitar, uh, out of guitars? Um, I would rate out it... Out of five. <laughs> I would rate it a... A three. I'm giving it two purple reigns out of five. <laughs> yeah, I think Josh. I'm also going to give it a three, just for that last, like that last twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, it's so it's good. Like you watch the movie. Yeah, but yeah, Brandon, I, I don't fault you at all for uh, giving it two, <laughs> two purple rain clouds out of five. <laughs> two purple rains. Uh, all right, Josh. So what do we uh, what do we got coming up? What's that? What's episode four look like? Episode four. I'm gonna. So I kind of thought about what you said to me before we started recording, Caleb, about just kind of picking something that I that I like and that I think would help pertain to some conversations we'll have. So I'm gonna. If you and if you guys obviously have already seen this, then I can go to my next one. But the Danish girl. I actually oh, haven't, I haven't seen, seen this. Yeah. I'm down. Wait, what? I haven't seen it. So, no, I'm down. Uh, yeah, let's either. do it. Eddie Redmayne, man, he killed it. Um, yeah. So the Danish girl for next time, and it's within the last 10 years, so we're modernizing for a little bit. <laughs> it's been great to look yeah, from 40 years ago, but... it's uh, That's going to lead to an interesting conversation, too. I'm excited, because even him now, speaking about it, he's like, I don't know if I would do it again, you know, sure. based on the climate. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah, right. Eddie Redmayne now. Yes. So there's a lot to talk about. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, it's, it's, on, uh, it's on Netflix in America. I don't know. It's either on that or Crave here, I'm sure. It's a Alicia Vikander, too, right? Yeah. Oh, she's awesome. I love her. She's amazing. Laura Croft. Uh, yeah, from Ex Machina and uh, lots of other cool shit. Dude, um, she's, she's, she's Laura Croft. She's Tomb Raider now. The real-life wife of Michael Fassbender. Oh, I did not know that. Lucky her. I know, right? Lucky him. He's such a dreamboat. Oh, Michael Fassbender. I also had Steve Jobs on this list, so I haven't seen that. So. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. That'd be cool down the road. I'd watch um, that again for sure. But yeah, uh, oh, cool. so Danish Girl next time. Um, well, thank you guys for uh, humoring me. I'm glad we could go on that little musical <laughs> journey together. Of course, anytime. <laughs> and yeah, I guess uh, next time. <laughs> everybody go around and sing uh, their favorite Prince song. <laughs> All right. Hey Nikki, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind. Hey Nikki, you know that wow. he, you know that he did uh, you know that he did the the album of uh, the Batman movie soundtrack from yes, the eighties yeah, too. Yep. Yeah, Tim so, Burton. Oh, really? Because yeah. I do love that soundtrack. So yeah, so there you go. <laughs> well, it's the, if you read the album kind of description on like Apple uh, Apple Music or whatever, it says that like Tim Burton came to him for like one song, and then he like gave him an album. Like not all the, the whole album is not on the the movie in terms of like <laughs> scoring the entire movie, but some songs are like in the credits or you know yeah, but it's fun. Okay, so uh, see you guys next time. I'll see you guys next all time. All right. Three the stairs. Right, uh, really quick, uh, I want to go to the bathroom. <laughs>